Let's do it. Let's do it. Revolutionaries was good. Today's episode is brought to you by the Rogue Media Group, which is a veteran-led integrative marketing agency with affiliated networks that reach nearly 1 million multicultural professionals, business owners, and public policymakers. RMG, as it's affectionately known, was founded in 2013 by my dude, Maximilian Hamilton and has grown from a single offering to a multifaceted media company that offers everything from media planning and buying to written content development, sponsorship consulting, and conference development, as well as digital marketing, custom video, DEI strategy, personal branding, and speaker sourcing. RMG's signature program, one that I was able to MC last year, is the fifth annual Fuel, the Ultimate Men's Summit. It will take place this year in November, the 9th through the 12th, 2023, in Houston, Texas. The annual summit is a gathering of 500 plus CEOs, professionals, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. Participants will explore and discuss advancing the mobility of black professionals, entrepreneurs, and business leaders. The summit will include a golf outing, panel discussions, keynotes, breakout sessions, and awards recognition, and guess this, a celebration of hip hop's 50th anniversary. To learn more about RMG and Fuel, the Ultimate Men's Summit, visit www.roguemg.com. And now, let's get ready for the show. Chaz Scott, author, right? Success starts with in, achieve your potential through radical self-care. What's your revolution? My revolution is really to help individuals really understand that the ultimate success in life is mastering who you are internally, your inner well-being. So much of us are trying to master people. And if I can give people the tools to master their inner well-being, their entire lives will change. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show, the show for men and the people who love them where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves or people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Revolutionaries, Dr. Charles Corpru. What's good with you? I hope all is well and that you are, as we say here, finding your peace, fulfilling your revolution, spending time with your community, holding yourself accountable, Finding your midwives, holding them accountable, doing what you need to do to make sure that you're making the right choices to fulfill your revolution, that you have revolted and evolved into the person that you need to be to fulfill your revolution. And knowing that this revolution, somebody, somebody revolutionaries is looking at you and saying, man, woman, person, I want to do that. I see you doing it. I see your humanity in this and I want to be just like you that's right and to remember that even though it's a revolution a revolution usually closes if you look at our logo that revolution has a little bit of an opening because we are hoping we are hoping hoping that your revolution comes to an end that you can always be thinking about what the next revolution of your life is 
And that's the thing here at What's Your Revolution. We want you to not only answer that question, but also be able to fulfill it. And you know that we are here with you on this journey. And I'm so proud of those folks who are taking and honoring themselves and being a part of someone's revolution and being part of their own revolution. We've had so many conversations over the over the course of six years. And I want to welcome back to the show one of my good friends, Chaz Scott. And it's interesting because, you know, when you meet good people and you know that they're actually going to go out in the world and do like the things that they're actually say that they're going to do, you know, that's the people that you know, that's the revolution in folks. When people say, you know what, I'm going to write a book and that book is going to be influential in people's lives. Okay. And then two years later, when we talk again, he was like, yo, I wrote the book and like, what? Yeah, that's the revolution right there. And so I want to welcome my good my good friend, my dear brother, as we say on the show, Chaz Scott. I want to make sure that I look, I give him his flowers. So let, let, let me make sure I read it. Chaz Scott is author, keynote speaker, mindset and resilience coach and author. And he is the founder of Supermentum, a consulting agency specializing in training leaders, entrepreneurs, professionals to achieve their potential personally and professionally. He is the executive director and chief creative optimist for Positively Caviar, right? Make sure that you go back to episodes in 2019 to make sure you listen to our first conversation about Positively Caviar and what he's been doing with teens uh, to make sure that they have positive mental health outcomes. He, like myself, was a BE Modern Man and then selected a top 30 under 34 HBCU buzz and received the Positive People Award by the Baltimore Times. So I want to make sure that people understand that this dude has, <laughs> is doing this thing. Chaz, welcome to the show. Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. How are you? Charles, I'm doing excellent, man. I'm very excited to be here. Appreciate the introduction and I appreciate the flowers. They are received, brother. Appreciate all the work that you're yeah. doing as well. Uh, no worries, man. I, I look, as we say, this is a platform for, not for myself. It is a platform for the folks that we bring on the show to highlight the amazing and revolutionary work that they're doing. So what's been going on with you? We haven't talked in two years. You know, the last time I, I remember I was sitting in my office at my beloved Camelback. Uh, it was late one evening and we, we just had a robust conversation. But that was that was two years ago. We we're in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, what's been going on with you? Yeah, it's been quite a while. And I think over these past two years, they've, it's actually like kind of changed the timeline of life with COVID and everything. It's mm -hmm. almost like things have sped up. But um, let's see, I got married last year. So me and my wife just had our first year uh, anniversary last week. Um, and then obviously I've, I've written a book. We're still building out our nonprofit organization mm -hmm. to help youth with uh, mental wellness resources in Baltimore and D.C. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm just I'm really just trying to balance life, to be honest with you. I think, you know, you're scrolling on social media. You're um, trying to do the best, best that you can in whatever hat that you're wearing. I'm trying to maintain a balance, um, what I like to call equanimity. Um, some peace of mm. mind. And usually that right. comes in the morning. So I've been really dialing in on my self-care, ironically, over these mm. past three or four I years. 
Wonderful, wonderful. And we're going to get there because there were so many things in that my mind is beginning to scale. Like, what are the questions that I want to ask him? I'm going to start with this because we've had, you know, Chris Matthews on, uh, a good friend of the show, also was at BE Modern Man uh, last year and um, really good brother who's a licensed marriage and family therapist uh, and really how to have a healthy relationship. So I want to dive into that really quickly because I remember you saying in the green room as we celebrated your one year anniversary, you said that you've learned so much about yourself in your first year of marriage. I would love for my revolutionaries to know as they have been thinking about marriage, that they're thinking about their relationships, whether they've been in, married for, you know, one year, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, you know, they probably can re- relate and empathize and sympathize with what, what's been going on. But what are the lessons that you can talk about, you know, after being married one year? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think the biggest thing that I've learned is patience and empathy. Um, and a lot of that really comes with time. So I've always been on a journey to master myself, uh, master my thoughts, master, you know, how I show up in the workplace, master how I show up as a friend, no matter what hat I'm wearing. And when you're in a relationship and you're in a marriage and you're living with somebody full time, right? Not when you just want to hang out, you realize that um, you have to have really good understanding of that other person. And that means understanding their habits, understanding how they grew up as a child, understanding, um, you know, they may not think like you um, and that's okay. Yeah. But you have to be open and willing and available to realize that this is the person that you ch- you've chosen to be with, and you're, she's not always going to have the same. Um, she's not always going to agree with you, and she's not always going to, um, you know, say, you know, give you the answer that you're looking for. So I think the biggest thing I've I've learned is understanding empathy and communication. And I mm. think the biggest thing out of all of that is, you know, we've lived together previous and, and anybody that is in a marriage, I would definitely say live together with your significant other prior. Um, that way you already know, you know, who's doing the jobs around the house, taking the trash out, who's uh, doing the dishes. But one thing that I realized in my own life, in my daily um, habits throughout my day. I didn't realize that I did certain things, um, throughout the day. So for example, you know, my wife is like cooking downstairs and unconsciously unbeknownst to myself, I'll go up to my man cave and just start doing my man things, read my book, listen to some music, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, maybe my wife wants to hang out. Right. Um, so I have to be very conscious of the things that I'm doing throughout the day and mm-hmm. realize that there's another human living with me and yes. she requires mm-hmm. patience, care, love. Um, and that's something you just don't think about. You know, if you just, you, if you want to live with somebody, you just, okay, we're living with each other. Let's, let's do it. But you have to be very conscious of the time that you spend with each other and knowing that they have certain things that they enjoy and like from a significant other mm-hmm. and just being aware of that. So that's one of the things I've yeah. definitely learned. No, I, I appreciate that. And I, you know, I, I've learned intimately communication is key. Um, and, and saying, and, and saying the thing that needs to be said when it needs to be said. Um, 
without fear and reciprocity. Uh, and I'm sure I'm going to make the assumption that your queen has been able to say to you, Hey, you know, um, I want to spend some time with you and I want, and this is what this time would, I would like for this time to look like for us. You've been a hardworking, you know, the hardworking man, you've been doing all these things all day. And so have I, and now it's our time, you know, and the, the realization that regardless of what, what your relationship looks like, you know, we are humans. We need care and love communication. Um, and as you said, empathy and sympathy, and that is, a, you know, those things come together to make hopefully good relationships. And, and as I know, relationships are not easy. Um, and it's it, an interesting thing that I, that I saw is that they're not easy, but they shouldn't be hard. Right. You know, and I, I, I think that's the thing that we have to think about is that relationships are not easy. They're, you know, you're, you're bringing together two people, you know, who have not been together, particularly if you're moving in together and moving into a space. I'm always under the, I'm always under the belief that you, you know, people shouldn't move into the other person's space, that you find a space that you can create together. Right. Um, because what, in my opinion, once you move into someone else's space, now that person has to, and then maybe it's just my personal experience, but now that person has to then rearrange their mindset and lifestyle to include someone else into it. Instead of saying, Hey, Let's figure out how we create a space together that's not, you know, my territory or your territory. We can actually do that together. And so um, it is a really interesting thing. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that piece. And revolutionaries, I hope that you think about this. Even in your marriages or relationships, how can you be more empathetic? How can you be more sympathetic? How can you be more communicative? How can you give of yourself, even sometimes when you may not want to give of yourself, which is a hard thing? I, as revolutionaries know, I talk at length, I am an introvert. Um, and so once, you know, once I am done communicating for the day, hey, we can be in the same place. Just put your leg on me. <laughs> right. But you ain't got to talk to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you ain't got to talk to me. I, I enjoy the company, but often sometimes the voice, the, the, the noise, noise becomes piercing to me. And I'm like, what's going on? Please stop talking. <laughs> Please stop talking. Don't stop talking. Stop, stop talking. So, um, yeah, but no, I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, one of the things, and I want to, I want to dive in, I'm going to get to our signature question at, at some point during the show, but you talked about the balance of life. And I think that's, I think that's really, really critical because we're moving so fast these days. Um, it's been three years since I left my beloved New Orleans. It's been, you know, it's been almost a year since I left Camelback. I mean, it's, it's flying by so fast, you know, and finding balance because you look up and the days, Chaz, seem to be like, rinse and repeat it almost feels like you've uh, hopefully you i'm not aging myself and you've seen this movie but it feels like groundhog's day mm -hmm. like the same day is happening over and over again how are you and this is the question this is the question how do you slow it down with balance that's the question how do you slow these days down and so you don't look back and say where the hell did the last three years go and what was i doing how do you, how do you do that? How do you slow it down? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think at least for myself and a lot of what I talked in my book is a morning routine. So for me, before I do anything, I have a morning routine. So 
typically it's like a mile run in the morning and I'll do a quick meditation session for about 20 minutes in the closet. And then, you know, I'll do some reading, but and when it comes to balance and just things happening so fast, you know, we all have desires. We want to earn more. We want a new job. We want a new car. We want a new house. Um, you know, there's just things that we just unconsciously yearn for. And then not only that, it's going on social media. People are doing this. People are doing that. One of the biggest things that's really sort of calmed me and given me sort of a um, a relief and just knowing that I'm on the right path and I don't have to rush it is a meditation session in the morning. And mm. it's it's really set me up for the rest of the day because... Number one, I'm, I'm more conscious and aware of what I'm thinking. Um, I set my intention for the day. And, you know, when I, I'm a closet meditator, I like to go in the closet dark. <laughs> I got a pillow. That is my safe haven. That's my space. And when I come out of the, when I come out of the closet, I mean, I feel like a newborn baby. I'm ready to go. I'm wow. tapped in. Um, and I also find that when I do my morning mm. routine, my life is much more joyful. There's more synchronicities. There's more, mm. um, there's more flow. It's like this underwater. It's like this river that just flows to and through me of, of, of just joy and, um, just a, a knowing that I'm on the right path. And when I don't right, do a morning right. routine or don't do the things that I know I should be doing for my mind, body, and soul, I feel off. I wake up in the morning and um, I'm either sweating or nervous or fearful <laughs> about the day or just not comfortable in my own skin to take advantage of the opportunities I have or just feeling like I don't have um, what I need to survive and thrive. But when I do that morning yeah. routine, I know yeah. I have everything that I need and we need that constant reminder. Yes, yes. Yeah, tell that story. That's a wonderful. That's a wonderful depiction. Um, I'm gonna pull out revolutionaries. What one thing that he said, and I want to. I, I I really want just to illuminate because you're gonna be like, wait, you you're in a closet and you feel like a newborn when you get out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a wonderful analogy. I mean, it's it, it's a wonderful analogy, Chaz, in that you have a dedicated space, and if we if if we're really thinking about the analogy of birth going into a safe space and we, and we, we think about it and, you know, I've never birthed a child. Um, but you know, um, I've heard a number of people talk about it, <laughs> you know, what it, what it feels, what it feels like to be pregnant, you know, and, and I'm, it'll be interesting. Uh, I've, i and this is my, I've never read a story about a, a, a child or a person talking about what it was like to be in the amniotic sack with their mother. And, but I can only make the assumption that that is the safest place for, you know, because that, that is the safe. You are growing inside of someone's body. You are being fulfilled. If we're talking about that, where you are being fulfilled, you're being nourished by your mother. You're being nourished in every way to, that will allow you to grow to a point where you have the ability to now be birthed out into the world. And think about that. You think about the safety, the nourishment, the care that goes into by your mother um, 
to gestate you, now all these big words, to gestate you through the process and then birth you into the world and then continue to care. And so the point that, that I'm belaboring here, Chaz, is that it would seem like the closet in this instance is your amniotic sac. And the meditation is the gestation is the gestation that then will allow to allow yourself to then birth you into that day. And that is a very, very interesting thing to think about. Um, I'm going to stop there because I, I see you. What do you want to say? What, what does that bring up for you? No, I, I appreciate you, the breakdown there, because you're actually right. I didn't even think about what I was saying. It is kind of like returning home. Um, it is my safe space. It is, you know, me to become more familiar with myself. And, you know, that's what meditation means is to become familiar with. And I think if mm. you spend just a couple of minutes a day in slowing down your thoughts and knowing who you are, your your life seems to go in a way that supports, you know, where you should be going. And I always find that um, when I spend time with myself and I know myself better, I'm able to show yeah. up better in mm -hmm. what, no matter what hat I'm wearing as a husband, um, you know, as a professional on the job, as an author, as a speaker, because I'm keenly aware of the emotions that rise and the emotions that fall. Yes. I'm keenly aware yes. of the thoughts that rise and the thoughts that fall. And then, you know, all the sciences that I've studied in neuroscience and positive psychology also are proving that, you know, meditation sessions are really accelerating our mental capacities in terms of concentration and focus. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm on a podcast with you, I'm here. I'm literally not thinking about anything else because I've gotten to the repetition of being more present with what I'm thinking about as opposed to regretting the past or worrying about the future. I'm here um, in, in this present moment. So there's lots of neuroscience yeah. that has proved this very fact on, you know, six minute, 10 minute meditations per day. Mm. Right. I love, I, I, I love that. And thank you for illuminating that because it does, it force you meditation does force you to be present. Um, because we think about the monkey mind and you have to bring yourself back you know, sitting down and meditating in quiet or if there's music playing, I know for me, and I will personalize this, is that when I do meditate and when I do meditate on a regular basis, I do find that my life does slow down. It slows down tremendously. I am, cal I am calmer uh, in thinking about that. And then I, and then I supplement that with, with L-theanine and, and green tea, which then slows down my brain and actually allows my alpha and, and, and alpha ways to really be present. So I can really be focused. I can really, really be focused during my day. However, and I want to say this to you revolutionaries, is that I'm not perfect and I don't always meditate in the morning. And when, when those mornings that I don't meditate, and when the first thing that I do is pick up the phone and I begin to scroll and it, even though I'm not scrolling on Facebook or Instagram, I begin to read the news. I, be, I, be, I begin to read what's going on with the financial markets. I begin to read what's happening in venture capital. I begin to read what's going on in entrepreneurship. My mind has gone from zero to 100 very, very quickly. And my physiological state is then very, very heightened. And so now I am then now trying to purge this heightened anxious state 
because if I had just shifted my mindset and my practice, as the good brother just said, I could have slowed down my morning and then begin to then and then begin to ramp it up in a manner that my brain and my neurology is actually prepared for the day instead of then instead of going from zero to 100 like I'm in my electric car you know very very fast so it is a very very interesting thing to provide balance is there anything else in your morning ritual Chaz that you would give as a, a strategy or a tip to our revolutionaries to help them find balance and to slow their lives down yeah, yeah. There's one thing that I do that is super critical as it relates to my focus and concentration. So, um, my whole thing is, you know, we want to achieve more, but we also want to stress less. But some people feel like, you know, taking the time to, um, integrate, you know, wellness practices takes them away from life or, um, causes them to kind of slow down and not achieve the things that they want to. One of the principal points that I've pointed out in the book is, you know, when you start to integrate these wellness practices, it actually accelerates your achievement, mm. but also causes you to stress less. So an example would be in the morning when I wake up at 5 a.m., the first thing I do is put on workout, workout clothes and I do a mile run. The reason why I do that is because um, they've actually studied uh, a group of German scientists back in 2007, wanted to study how aerobic exercise influenced the brain. And what they basically mm. wanted, wanted to study was how aerobics exercise influenced our brain capacities in terms of learning. So they had two groups of people, and the first group learned uh, new vocabulary words before working out. The second group mm. learned new vocabulary words after. Sure enough, the individuals that learned the new vocabulary words after an aerobic exercise learned those new vocabulary words 30% faster. So wow. one of the things that I always recommend to entrepreneurs, leaders, people who want to achieve more and stress less, work out first, then mm. do your task afterwards. Why? Because obviously you get the dopamine hit. Number number the biggest one is your uh, what's called the DMN default mode network. The self referential part mm -hmm. of your brain begins to calm down. That chatty little voice in the back of your head shuts off. And that's how your concentration yeah, and focus goes up and your mental capacities are really heightened. So you can give your best output on that particular task. So after I do my mile run, I do my meditation, hit the shower, I'm straight into writing. And between the hours of, I would say seven and 9 a.m., that is where I, that's my focus time. So because yeah. I'm prepped for the day in the morning, I know that my mind, my brain is as sharp as it can be because I've set up, mm. you know, I've, I've used the, the science that's backing this. And then I mm -hmm. feel the effects and I'm like, this is the best sort of time for me to give my projects or my tasks, my all. So that's a, a recommendation that I actually include in the book and what I include to the listeners. I love that. I love that. And I want to just, you know, because we have not said the name of the book and I want to make sure it is, it is now on pre-order and you can get the book at any, uh, when it, when it comes out, uh, this summer, this summer, I want, I want to make sure that folks know success starts within achieve your potential through radical self-care. And the author is our, our beloved friend, Chaz Scott. 
But just make sure, make sure. Do you have a release date? Is there a release date? Yep. The release date is June 27th, but you can pre-order it right now anywhere books are sold. There you go. Look, there there you go. And I know, I know Dr. Travis Batts, (laughs) who is my recurring guest and my dear brother, will will be one of the first purchasers of your uh, of your amazing book because every guest that comes on this show, Dr. Travis Batts, <laughs> makes sure that he reads and so that we can dialogue about your book and this podcast. He is my, he is my dear brother, my good friend. He is my midwife, as, as we say all the time. Um, it is so interesting to think about that because as you were talking, I'm like, oh, because what happens is I do the opposite. I wake up and, and if I meditate, if I've, I've meditated, great. But then I start to work because I was like, okay, I think I'm focused. And then I usually work out after I've had my focus time from about 8 to 11. But what you're saying and the, and the thing that I'm going to try to implement in my practice is that jump on the Peloton for 20 minutes. You know, see what Alex Tucson is doing or Hannah Frankson or, or the, you know, all of, all of my people or Just King, you know, um, at, at, at Peloton to, to, you know, really get 20 minutes, get 30 minutes and then figure out how does that impact my body and my brain? And what you're saying that the science is that I'm actually going to be more, I'm going to be better than maybe than what I am right now. So I'm, I, I'm anxious to try that out. And revolutionaries, I want you to let us know what it's like, get up, right? Get outside, get some cardio, get something, get that blood pumping and then jump into your to your work and let us know how that focuses you. It'd be interesting to see, particularly, you know, cause you have tweaked, you have tweaked Dr. Corpru, you know, the psychologist who, who loves neuroscience, who loves the brain and, and wants to hack the brain as much as possible. As I said, L-theanine, L-theanine is one thing that I take to allow, to keep me focused. You know, so if you drink matcha, if you drink green tea, I also supplement with L-theanine, you'll get that, you know, that boost of alpha waves that will allow you to be more focused. So I appreciate that. Let's jump more into the book, Chaz, you know, and I, I, I want folks to go out and get it once it comes out June 27th. And I don't want you to give the tea away as we, as we say, but, you know, tell us why folks will enjoy this book and what are some of the things that they can, what are one or two things that they might be able to then impart into their lives by reading the book? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I, I want to kind of start off why I wrote it. So for me, I've always been interested in trying to improve the quality of my life. And mm. I don't mean, you know, in the future, I mean, right now, I want to improve the quality of my life right now. And one of the things I think is so interesting, especially in America, is we've almost been hypnotized in terms of if I get the car, if I get the house, if I get the money, if I get the wife or husband, I'm going to be happy. Now, there's nothing wrong with having those goals. But one of the things that I've found in my own life and through this research is you can create your happiness and your fulfillment and your success as well as your well-being in the here and now as opposed to waiting in the, into the future. Now, mm-hmm. how can you do that? Through integrative practices of well-being, putting your well-being mm-hmm. first. This book is about illuminating this principle that your success is only viable as your inner well-being. So if you focus mm-hmm. on your well-being first, 
you'll achieve, you'll become, you'll do all the things that you are supposed to do on this earth plane. But if you don't know how to take care of yourself through a term that I like to say radical self-care in the book, then you won't adequately be able to reach your potential because your brain and body is not equipped to handle what it is that's trying to come through you. We all have gifts and Mm. talents. We all have the ability to really Mm. rise and do the best that we can with what we have. However, we're eating like crap. We're not exercising (laughs) daily. We don't, we're, we're trying to control other people, but we have no idea how to control our own nervous system. You know, these Mm. are things that in this book will completely transform your life because I've realized that, If you don't know how to control your mind and if you don't know how to influence your body as it relates to stress, the world is controlling you. You are not controlling the world. And I always like to say this, and this is actually in the book, simple breathing exercises, breath work, meditation, exercise, these different practices actually enhance who you are as a person so you can really bring in um, or bring out you know, that true authentic self of who you are. And if you can't master your nervous system as it relates to like stress and anxiety and the things that we just naturally have throughout life, um, life is controlling you. You're not controlling life. So simple techniques like breath work allow you to get control of your own nervous system, your sympathetic nervous system. So you can spin it down and spin up your parasympathetic nervous system so that you can calm yourself during states of stress or feeling right. uncomfortable about speaking in front of folks mm-hmm. or feeling uncomfortable about doing a podcast. Um, these integrative practices you can use throughout every part of your life so that you can be your best self when it matters. Yeah. Yes. A lot of people don't yes. have these tools because we're not exposed to them. And a lot of times we don't naturally go seek these tools until something happens and we feel like, we are not operating like how we should be or our sense of quality of life is just isn't what we think it should be. And then we actively go seek. Um, but yeah, I'm very yeah. excited about this book. This book is about really empowering yourself through well-being, not postponing your joy to achieve your goals or losing your peace of mind in the hustle of, of, of the pursuit of your dreams. It's about creating your success right here, right now through well-being. Mm-hmm. Because we always try to wait. The worst thing that you can do is climb a mountain, right? Get to the summit, realize you've been climbing the wrong mountain. You haven't been enjoying the process. (laughs) And you've wasted many years of your life. This book is about alignment. This book is about enjoying the process of life so that you can really, truly reach your potential. Yeah, brother. I mean, I... You know, my revolutionaries know he's going to say he loves it. He lo- I love, yes, I, I, I love it because one, if we're thinking about this, right, we talk about revolt and evolve all the time on this show and revolt and evolve is the, the first tenet of fulfilling your revolution. The revolt and evolve is that you've got to revolt from behaviors that are stymieing you from being the best version of yourself. It has, it, it has to happen. You have to revolt. And evolve into behaviors and incorporate behaviors that will allow you to then move up that ladder. Because what happens is, and, and, and I love the analogy, what you said, is that we can be climbing the wrong 
mountain, as, as uh, Pastor Osazi Murray says, is that you can per, you can put the ladder up against a building and climb the building and realize, as you just said, this wasn't even the right building. And but what happened is that radical self care, right, will allow you to say, okay, let me say, what is the building or what is the mountain that I actually need to climb? And I should not have to wait. The thing that always goes through my mind, and this is me, this this is me, Chaz, because all of this sounds great, right? And for a man who's been studying masculinity for the last, I don't know, almost 20 years now, who, who's been a part of this masculinity conversation, who was a, you know, well-known researcher and author of, of, of masculinity when I was an ac- academician, this feels right that some of my my male revolutionaries would be like i don't you know i'm used to this i i thrive in this right i thrive in when my body's a little tense right i thrive in that stress you know that's where i am that's being a man right that that's what that's what that i'm you know i can only be a protector when i uh, when I'm, i'm a little heightened what do you say to them because you know, we both know the science behind them, but they're going to be like, man, corporate, this is a little frou-frou for me. This is a little woo-woo. This is a little feminine for me. Breath work, right? You talking about, wait a minute, yoga? Like, go back to Reggie Hubbard's episode, but what do you say to them, Reggie? I mean, what do you what do you say to them? No, I, I like the argument and it, it is it is a mind shift. You know, I think particularly in America, we're so left-brained, we're so analytical, we're so achieve this, achieve that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to balance both part of both parts of your brain and the right brain, which is more the creative side. Um, mm-hmm. w- one of the things I've realized is we are not adequately using our entire brains to, in order for us to achieve our full selves. And if you start to do these practices, you'll start to see the benefits, reap the benefits and realize the more I do this, the better I become. And not only that, my life gets better. And I've seen the changes in my own life. You know, when I was in school down in Hampton University, you know, H-U, H-U the real H-U, my, um, <laughs> I know a lot of people get a kick out of that. So my, um, yeah, one of my friends introduced me to a book called Power of Positive Thinking by Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, completely transformed yes. my life. And it caused me to read every book I could on personal development in neuroscience, mm. in metaphysics, in esoteric science, in quantum physics, because I just wanted to understand who we are and what it is that we're here to do and how to increase the quality of my life. And I got to a point where I realized my entire life changed because how, how I thought, how can we give this to underserved youth? You know, how can I coach entrepreneurs and leaders so they can be the best leaders in their fields? And I realized that success in life isn't just about achievement. It isn't just about accomplishing your goals. Success in life is about managing your nervous system because if you can manage your nervous system, you can master your destiny And I find that a lot of people have no idea how to manage their nervous system. I'll give you a quick um, example. And this was me a couple years ago. I live in the D.C. area. Traffic is terrible around five o'clock, right? If somebody were to cut you off, you would go off. You would be pissed. You would be livid, okay? That external event influenced how you felt internally, 
The mm-hmm. world is affecting how you feel internally. That does not have to be the case. If you start mm. to integrate meditation, breath work, you become aware of what you th- you're thinking, you become aware of your emotions that rise and fall, you'll realize that there's nothing, there's no event external from you that can influence you internally. This is managing your nervous system. So for me, if somebody were to cut, cut me off, maybe they're having a bad day. I change my perspective. I'm going to send them a prayer. Keep on moving. I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to, right, right, right. I'm not going to allow them to upset how I feel internally because I have goals to reach. I have to come home to a wife and be the best person I can be. I'm not going to allow that mm-hmm. event to carry me. Uh, negatively back home where it affects my wife or, you know, into the workplace, no matter where I'm going. So the biggest thing that you can do is to master your nervous system, to master your destiny, because in the event that you start writing a book, you start doing speaking engagements, you start really achieving and doing your gifts and doing your thing. There are going to be times where it's going to be tough for you because of you know, what people are saying about you or the stress that may arise, more money brings more problems. How do you manage all that? You manage that through managing your inner well-being. You know, this is one of the main reasons why celebrities and people that are rich, not all of them, some of them are very happy and have a a, a very uh, balanced life, but a lot of them obtain a lot of material success, but they're broken inside. They Mm. do not Mm. have the inner well-being, the body temple that is able to Mm. support the stress that is happening in their external life. For me, as I do these integrative practices, I feel like I bounce off of stress. I feel like, you know, I feel like I I can levitate over things much more Mm. adaptly than I would have if I, if I didn't do these practices, because I know what that feels like when I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Chaz, I mean, that's a masterclass in itself right there, because I I think that it starts with if you can master your nervous system, you can conquer the world, right? You can achieve your destiny is what you said. If you can, and I think that in itself, that in itself right there is, is, you know, the crux of the matter right there. The crux, if we can master our nervous system and, and, and the body, and, and we think about this, what is our, right? Let's, let, let, let's be really, really heady real quick, right? <laughs> let's, let's get really, really smart for a second. Your nervous system is there to protect you, right? It is a response. It is a response or our ancestors, our nervous system was, was, has evolved over time as a response to certain things. So we could actually understand about predation and how to protect ourselves. But in our current society, our, our nervous systems actually sometimes don't work as they should. Um, and we have to then use our, our limbic systems, our, our ability, right, to actually think critically about situations because our nervous systems are innate responses. It is an, it is an innate response to an, a stimuli. Here we go. Like I said, let's get really, really smart. We will process stimuli 11 million bits of information per second, 
right? Think about that, right? Think, uh, and so our, our brain and body are processing all of these different things. And so it, it doesn't have time. Our nervous system doesn't have the time to like, ah, well, think about that before you get upset or you get anxious or, you know, all the different things. It just responds, right? When you put your hand on a hot stove, your brain doesn't say, mm, well, it's too hot. No, your hand is coming off before it even thinks about that. And so what this, this eloquent smart brother is just saying is that we have to spend time. Victor Frankl says is that there's a, there, there is a, a, a segment between stimulus and response. There's a, a space between stimulus and response where we are the only animal on that planet that has the ability to think critically about what our response is going to be after stimuli. And if we, if we bring this full circle, dear brother, if we know how to slow it down through meditation, right? Wait, I feel this way. Should I feel this way? How do I then respond to this over here? Do I react? How do I react? Do I, you know what I'm saying? How am I reacting? One of the things that I am fascinated with right now, and it's, and I'm going to say this, and I probably have never said this on the show, or maybe I have, is it's, it's the red pill. And I'm going to say this in the context, the red pill of the red pill in this, this context is emotional intelligence. And I feel like Chaz is that the more self-aware that you are, the more emotionally intelligent that you are, you vastly see the world differently, that you react differently, that you begin to ask questions from curiosity instead of response. And that in itself is so revolting from past behavior for me. Because what happens is we can create stories and our stories will then create a physiological response. You did this to me. You haven't done this to me. And what happens emotional intelligence is that our job is to then validate stories that our brain and nervous system, our brain creates and then our body reacts to. But if we validate stories or invalidate them, it goes back to what you're just saying. If we can control our nervous system, we can control our destiny. And that is a beautiful thing when you slow down and not react without validating the stories that are in our mind. I'll stop. I'll stop there. But look, I, I can get real, 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 real uh, pedestally. <laughs> no, no, I, I love that. And I think one of the things is has been important for me in terms of managing my nervous system, because, you know, a lot of the personal development speakers out here, they'll always say, you know, think positive. And of course, you know, positive thinking has definitely transformed my life. But that's, that's the software, right? You know, from a hardware perspective, there are things that you can do to influence your body, influence your nervous system. And mm -hmm. breath work has been an, a foundation for me. You know, when I'm feeling some, uh, you know, tense emotions or some anxiety or just some stress, you know, if I have a series of tasks that I know I need to do throughout the day and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get them all done or, um, I'm feeling stressed at looking at a computer all day. I will take a step back and I'll do some breath work. Um, many people use the four, seven, eight technique. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And I use that quite often to try and bring awareness to myself and to slow down my sympathetic nervous system. And, mm-hmm. you know, before I do a meditation, I'll do a breath work to really kind of calm me down. So for those that, right. you know, How do I stop my thoughts? How do I do meditation? You know, it's really not necessarily stopping your thoughts. It's just paying attention to them. And if you do a breath work Mm. exercise and you can find them on YouTube, type in, you know, four, seven, eight, uh, breath work technique, um, it'll actually calm you down and you're able to kind of ease into a meditation session and focus on your breath or focus on a candlelight, whatever it is that you want to focus on. Um, and it's about bringing awareness back to yourself. And as soon as your thoughts begin to drift, you just bring it back. Um, one thing I do want to mention that you had talked about is, yes, our brains take in 11 million bits of information per second. Our conscious minds, and you talked about this a little bit, our conscious minds only take in 50 bits of information per second. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the it, it, it's a huge disparity in terms of what's actually coming in and what's actually influencing who we are. We're not even consciously aware of most of it. So this is critically important about who you expose yourself to, what type of friends you have, what type of content you view on social media. You know, in the book, I talk about the importance of a morning routine and you talked about, um, you know, making sure that you're um, uh, very intentional about what you're doing when you wake up in the morning, because there are a whole lot of marketing conglomerates and companies and news stations that are looking for you to click, to scroll, to buy. Um, to spin you up into a fearful response to buy something to give you comfort. It's a system. Um, but if you have intention or a practice in the morning, you control the day, not those marketing conglomerates or those companies. So that's why it's really important to set an intention and to know that it, all of those things, books, podcasts, looking on social media can influence how you feel internally and you may not even realize it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is. And I, re- I realize, um, even for me, and I, you know, I'm always a, a tad bit vulnerable on the show, like what, you know, conversely between my Instagram and what my Facebook, you know, Facebook is typically for an older generation of folks. Um, and then I can continue, I can scroll through Facebook and see things. And to be honest with you, Chaz, sometimes feel a, feel a sense of lack. And that sense of lack can then cause a physiological response, right? A mental and physiological response. And so understand, again, creating a story of lack. And how do I fight that story? Well, one, the practice was you didn't need to get on Facebook early in the morning, right? Because you and and the consciousness of knowing that you're going to potentially internalize this from a sense of lack instead of a sense of abundance um, because there are 4,000 or 4,500 folks on your Facebook page, right? Um, you're going to see this as a sense of lack instead of abundance. And now, now again, I have to purge those thoughts and go through it instead of waking up, slowing, slowing myself down. And, and, and then and I'll even say this, Chaz, giving myself gratitude and grace for the decisions that I've made in my life. You know, and I think that's big because again, if you can control your nervous system, you can control your destiny. And I think that is, that is the theme of this today by radical self-care. You have the ability to control 
your thoughts and feelings and actions and your ner- that, that nervous system. Because I know when I get anxious, Chaz, I have to then go through the, the mental gymnastics of saying, one, you're not under threat. And that if we go back to this, and I'll jump on this pedestal one more time, going back to this is that your nervous system is there to alert you to threat. And sometimes that threat is not in existence. Your nervous system and brain have perceived something that may not be there. And you have to then you actually practice and tell you, at least for me, tell my brain there is no threat. And one of the ways is interesting, and I'll give you, I'll give revolutionaries a, a way that I practice this is that I will jump into a cold shower. I will jump into a cold shower because then, right, if we're talking about controlling your nervous system and controlling a response that is happening, like why would anybody jump into a really, you know, a cold shower or an ice bath? Well, one, the immunity, I mean, it's drawing all of the blood and the immunity and, and the, the, the care boosting that it has for your body. But you then have to practice right then in the moment to tell your body that it is not threatening, that you're not going to die, that you need to jump out of this ice cold bath very, very quickly because your nervous system is saying threat, 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 threat. Woo, woo. It's, the alarms are going off. You then have to like immediately say, okay, I can sit in this cold, this very cold water. I am not under threat. I am okay. Yes, it's cold. But no one is coming to kill me. I have the chance to get out when I want. That is a practice. And I'm sure, talk about that because I'm, I'm sure that that comes up somewhere in your book. How do you practice, right, controlling your nervous system? That's the, that, that's the question of the podcast right there. How do you control your nervous system? Yeah, no, Charles, I appreciate you for bringing up the uh, cold shower example because that is a practice that I actually use in the morning. I only do it Monday through Friday because the weekend is just so <laughs> tough. I mean... I, I think you kind of build up a response to it, but it, it is really hard. Um, but I've noticed when I do a cold shower in the morning, you know, it kind of shocks my nervous system. And throughout the rest of the day, it's like nothing can phase me because I've already been shocked. Um, but right. one of the things I think you bring up, and I think this is especially important for all of our listeners and you and I is, you know, this is a journey. You know, it's not you're going to do, you know, 10 meditations, one meditation, you're good. You know, for myself, and I think you can say the same thing, we're learning these things so we can increase the quality of our life throughout our journey. And when those times of stress or anxiety do or do arise, we have something to draw from and we can use them to change how we feel in the moment um, to get us new yes. results. Yes. And for myself, you know, we're, we're not on a, we're, we're not perfectionists, you know, we're not going to be perfect all the time and life isn't always going to be easy, but if you have these tools, like you'll be able to cope more effectively, you'll be able to overcome yes. more effectively with ease and compassion and empathy for yourself and others. So as it relates to techniques, yes. you know, the four, seven, uh, eight technique is really important. You know, breathe in four seconds, hold your breath for seven and let go for eight. The whole premise behind that is to, re- you know, when we're doing emails and we're stressed out, we have kind of these short breaths and that really doesn't allow us to uh, relax. That actually spins up your fight or flight system. But studies have actually confirmed that when your out breath is longer than your in breath, 
um, you actually spin down your sympathetic nervous system and spin up your parasympathetic nervous system to actually calm you. And that is one of the um, tools that I use um, all the time. Uh, cold showers are another one. Meditation, obviously. Exercise is another one. But a key thing that you always that you mentioned outside of kind of doing the software stuff, the hardware stuff. Um, excuse me, outside of doing the hardware stuff is the software stuff, challenging how you think. Every thought that you yes. think is not true. I will say that one more mm. time. Every thought that you think is not true. I remember the first time I read that and I started to meditate on it. I didn't understand it. I really didn't. I got to a point where I was like, you know, if I'm thinking it's, it's gotta be true because if I didn't have the thought, you know, why, why am I having the thought? Right. right. One of the things that you'll realize through mindfulness meditation, um, emotional intelligence, I don't care what name you call it. You'll begin to identify that you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are influenced by external things. Somebody cutting Mm -hmm. you off, you scrolling on social media, uh, your wife, your husband, um, it's influenced by external things. Now, when that external stimuli, as you say, um, influenced how you feel internally, you have a thought. Now, every thought that you think is not true. So it's, it's a important practice to challenge your thoughts, to ask yourself, is this thought true? Where did this thought derive from? Because you're building the emotional intelligence capacity to realize that you can challenge those thoughts. And when you begin to have this conversation with yourself, right? And that's really kind of what your thoughts are. You're having like a conversation with yourself. So you better be on your side. You better be your biggest cheerleader. You will begin to realize that you can manage it. You can overcome it. You can know that I am not my thoughts. I am a spiritual being and I know I'm on this earth in a physical body. And when you do meditation, do mindfulness, you'll realize that your thoughts are like a cloud floating past you, just floating Mm. past you. And you don't have to attach yourself to it unless you want to. Unless you want to. Right. And, you know, it, it, it takes a while. It took me a while to get to that point when I started reading it. But when I started practicing it and seeing it in my own life, I've realized not every thought you think is true. Yeah, I, I love that. Not every thought that you think is true. And you know, one of the things that I, I take from my beloved Camelback is our ability um, to really rally around our, our culture, which was centered on conscious leadership. And one, feeling your feelings all the way through Two, taking a hundred percent, a hundred percent responsibility for your actions, you know, and thinking about that. But like you said, understanding, like being able to validate the stories that we tell ourselves and our thoughts, like you said, are amalgamation of our experiences. I think this way because I experience things and our brain doesn't want to go through the entire algorithm. It uses a heuristic, right? Which is, you know, heuristics are not always right. Like you said, we are not our thoughts. We need to validate them. Dear brother, look, this has gone by so fast. <laughs> this is, and it, it, it's always good. And my revolutionaries are in my ear saying, yo, you didn't ask the question. Like you didn't ask him the question. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So Chaz Scott, author, right? Let me make sure author, the success starts within, right? Success starts with in achieve your potential through radical self-care, radical self-care. What's your revolution? 
my revolution is really to help individuals really understand that the ultimate success in life is mastering who you are internally, your inner well-being. Mm-hmm. And if I can give people yeah. the tools to master their inner well-being, their entire lives will change. So much of us are trying to master people. We're trying to master money and master uh, gaining certain achievements. There's nothing wrong with that. But I can tell you that there is a faster path to that all those external desires that you want, if you master your well-being first, you will achieve those goals anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Revolt and evolve. That is a core component of what we do. Revolt from the person that you were, right? And master the person that you need to be, to be the best version of yourself, right? So you can control your nervous system to control your destiny. I love this. This is uh, this is why I do this show, man. I get so I get super excited, man. Look, Revolution, I just want you to go out. Make sure June twenty seventh is the release date. You can find this book anywhere that you can get books. Make sure you go out and buy it. And I want to hear from you. And so does Chaz Scott about what are the things that you're implementing in your day from reading this 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 wonderful masterpiece of how you can then re, re revolt from these old behaviors like I'm thinking about what are the things that I need to incorporate what are the things that I need to let go to evolve into this more to slow my pace because I don't want to look up five years from now I was like man I, I, I interviewed you know Chaz you know May 31st 2023 and it's 2026 it's 2030 and like wait it's old it's gone I want to slow down take your breath right find your people be a different person right go read this book revolutionaries you know that we are here for you and you know what i'm gonna say i love you i love you i love you and i want you to be able to answer what we think is the most thought-provoking question of your life what's your revolution we will talk to you soon have a great week peace Jazz, bro, I cannot wait to read this. That that is really helpful. I really appreciate all the work that you're doing, man. I'm so glad you're continuing with the podcast and everything. Really appreciate you having me on. I'm excited about this conversation. Congratulations with you on on the book and um, just all all the things. I know you are you are Mr. Positive Caviar, and uh, I remember our first conversation just about what that you know being positive and finding ways, you know, particularly for uh, children and families. But this book in itself, you know, seems like it's going to be transformative in a manner because, like you said, we've got to figure out what radical self care looks like for us to not only survive but also thrive. I really want to talk about that and, and i know we have the ability to go through and you know kind of strip through and, and bring folks in where can people get the book so i'll make sure that i um give a shout out not only here but in the yeah, show absolutely notes. i mean i can send you the link and everything it's already on amazon for pre-order barnes and nobles target okay. um anywhere yeah. you can basically get books mm-hmm. it's available for pre-order gotcha 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 no no doubt. I mean, success starts within. Achieve your potential through radical self-care. All right. So we're, we, we, let's get it rolling. Let's do it. Let's get it rolling. Let's do it. Let's get it rolling. Let's do it. If you can master your nervous system, you can conquer the world. 
right? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it.